Welcome back to episode 81 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we talk to a founding team member of Everpedia, David Leibowitz. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we discuss the differences between the EOS network and Ethereum. Next, what are David's thoughts on the whole DeFi craze? Then we get into their IQ tokens and its diverse applications. And finally, prediction markets are quickly becoming a foundational piece in the crypto industry. All right, let's listen in. Going, guys. Really happy and excited to be here. Yes. So yeah, we, good to have you too, man. Yeah, we were just talking earlier about how uh, Everpedia and and Iman was sort of interlinked in like the slightest <laughs> of ways. Yeah, man. Like, uh, I was your, your typical moon boy back in the day. Whenever I first heard about Everpedia, it's like whenever you hear Wikipedia is coming into the blockchain because everyone back then was looking for like killer apps, right? In 2017, yeah. to kind of like prove prove the use case of Ethereum. I guess the first one was like CryptoKitties. That's the one like everybody heard about that was like actually breaking the platform at the time. <laughs> so yeah. Then, so then I, I was a big fan of the EOS ecosystem because it was supposed to come and fix all these scalability issues. Yeah. And that's one of the main reasons why we picked EOS. Yeah. I was I really wanted to get some feedback from you since you guys have been embedded into the platform or ecosystem for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. For EOS, yeah, for sure. Has it like uh, delivered uh, as far as like your expectations of uh, the blockchain performance and scalability for your? Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think uh, Everpedia would have been possible on Ethereum. I think different blockchains yeah. have different uses. You know, Ethereum with their fees, um, you know, it has you know it has their economic model that that works. Like it clearly works. Like look at their network effect. Look how much DeFi is blowing up. Um, but with EOS, it's really good for consumer dApps. I like to think Ethereum is for financial dApp, financial decentralized applications right now. Uh, EOS really is good in consumer dApps like Everpedia. Yeah. Um, and also you have other ESIO chains, NFTs, you know, Wax. They've been doing tremendous work uh, over there with, uh, you know, garbage pail kids and whatnot. So, yeah, I think that the blockchain scalability of EOS and EOSIO has definitely delivered. Awesome. Uh, you know, yeah. Have you seen yeah. Have you seen other projects onboard onto EOS, and have they been equally as successful, or has there been a struggle just because of the network effect of Ethereum? Yeah, I, I would say the most you know successful EOSIO project. You know, there's a difference would be Wax. They've definitely seen you know success. Um, I I really like what the DAP you know the DAP token team is doing. Um, you know, with their side chains, I've talked to them a few a few times. Um, you know, they're really focused on you know cons- bringing consumer applications to the blockchain, and they're you you know they're utilizing EOS. Um, I think you know they're pretty successful. The DAP token is pretty cool. Okay, okay, so so that's interesting because the Everpedia platform itself, I guess, uh, after I ask this question, you kind of like break down what it is, but it's basically the purpose of it is to decentralized wikipedia correct it's like it's a knowledge yeah, base that, that you guys are aggregating yeah that was our original purchase purpose but we've actually i feel like we've grown and evolved so much since like since uh, our original vision not just from 2017 but from 2015 i don't i'm not sure if you guys uh are familiar but like we're like a pre-blockchain project we started out yeah. as a normal website um yeah. and we were just uh i considered ourselves a supplement to wikipedia you know we imported all of wikipedia on our platform and we were really in this Goldilocks zone, you know, mm. of not, you know, notable enough for Wikipedia, but people are still, you know, searching on Google for content, whether it's for creators, influencers, uh, memes, news items, like you name it. We, our community community would make Wikipedia pages for it. And mm. so we wanted to be the next generation encyclopedia. And when 2017 came around, blockchain was getting hot, ICOs were hot. We we're just like, hey, we really want to be a next generation encyclopedia. You know, we should really look into this blockchain stuff, you know. Our original co-founder, you know, Sam Kazemian, he mined cryptocurrency in college. So he already had that learning curve. So he was already familiar with the field. It wasn't like a puzzle to him. Um, and so we, you know, we got connected to the right people. We got the support, um, you know, we, and uh, we were able to um, launch a blockchain product in summer 2018. We've been live for two, just over two years, which oh, is nice. pretty incredible, which is pretty, a pretty yeah. long time in blockchain time. Yeah, it's, yeah. For every year in blockchain time, it's like three or four years in real time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's constantly yeah. evolving, man. Like the things that were like, yeah, I guess you classify them as like darling projects, like in the last cycle are now 
kind of like some of them are like forgotten in the winds, you know, and now we got yeah. like this new reemergence of like new ideas and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty you know, interesting. We, so would you it's say, really, yeah, right, uh, just a quick question, question, quick, quick question. Uh, would you say that uh, adding blockchain to an existing platform, does it increase the traction between your, your users, your customers? Yeah. By users, do you mean readers or yeah, readers? Editors? Basically, like okay. editors too. Like the whole well. eco- the whole ecosystem. Yeah, like I guess. Oh adopt- yeah, yeah. Like okay. adoption. Yeah. So I think what's really cool about Everpedia is you know one philosophy we have here. It's not about just building great blockchain products. It's just building great products. And so you know we still have like millions of unique visitors every month. You know, um, you know, that land on our site on Google. Uh, we've really been focusing on cryptocurrency content, so stuff in the crypto space, whether it's Oracle, DeFi, you name it, our community's making pages for it. And we've really seen stuff blow up, like in that area blow up on Twitter. Uh, we have a partnership with Brave Browser, uh, nice. where we have our Brave creator of the day. So this is one element of it. And a lot of times we focus on, you know, blockchain figures, whether they're companies or, you know, platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been seeing, you know, a lot of traction on that end, just like reaching out to the blockchain community. So we've seen traction there in readership. Um, we've actually, um, there's, we've actually seen an increase in editors recently because we implemented this new login system and sign up system called EPID. So we basically, you know, it's easier for anyone to sign up with an email and Facebook or Twitter. And we take care of all like the tough technical stuff. And yeah. all you have to do is edit and like you can deposit and withdraw IQ, you can like, mm. earn IQ rewards for your contributions. It's really cool. So it's now easier than ever to edit. And we're really excited about that. Do you, if you're a new user onto the Everpedia ecosystem, you know, however the tokens are utilized, do you have to go to a separate exchange like everybody else to purchase the IQ tokens and then deposit them into your wallet? Or is this, is there some kind of interface that's yeah. directly connected to Yeah, I believe we like seed the, if you sign up with EPID, we actually seed it. So you don't have to do that. Oh yeah, that's okay. Um, but if you want to like, if you want to, you know, have more votes or participate on our other platform, Predict, um, you know, you can acquire, um, you can, in order to participate, you can get tokens on Binance, Upbit, mm-hmm. OKX. You know, we're listed on a lot of major exchanges. So have you had like any any feedback from like the community as like as far as uh, is it like a frictionless experience for them, like interacting with like a a crypto ecosystem, or? Is there a little bit of pushback in that sense, you know? I mean, sometimes you have to deal with, you know, the things that come with EOS is like CPU and RAM. But, um, you know, other than, I think it's definitely been improving a lot. Um, the guys at Graymass and Anchor Wallet have made it a lot easier to manage stuff like that in the background. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all this stuff, whether it's EOS, Ethereum, it's a process of making it easier for the end user. Yeah, um, yeah of you course. Know, still... Early on, this stuff. Can you speak yeah. upon that? Like uh, in EOS, you have to have CPU and RAM, but that's the developer has to have that to support their users of the of the project, right? It's not a CPU RAM for the individual user, or is that? No, no, no. They ha- the individual has to have it. Oh, really? Well. I mean, we at Everpedia and you know and Predict actually support. Um, everyone's EOS and RAM, so they don't have to worry about that. Okay. Mm. But sometimes when you're like sending and receiving tokens, like individually, you oh, do. Then you have but like to. when you're interacting with the Everpedia and Predict platforms, you don't. Interesting. Interesting. So that means you guys have like a large, like you have an EOS, you have to stake, correct? Into the, uh, I'm not sure what the infrastructure is. Oh yeah, you stake for RAM. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like RAM. I said, yeah. with, with Anchor, uh, what they're doing with the Anchor wallet, like they're making it a lot simpler, a lot easier. So. If any of your viewers are watching and want to interact with Everpedia or Predict, I recommend they download Anchor to do that. Anchor, like a like a, like a, a boat anchor, <laughs> like A. <AM. laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> yeah, yeah. People spell yeah, like things real like, weird in this space. A-A, like you never yeah. know anywhere. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you're so right. It's A N C H O R. Okay, Anchor. Anchor. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's another project called like Anchor. It's like A N K R. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so clear of any potential confusion for you guys <laughs> watching yeah. this. Do you, do you yeah, find really cool. do you find having to have like users download a specific wallet versus like a MetaMask or something that's probably more common, uh, like a hindrance to everything that you guys are doing, or is it just? A thing that you just have to deal with for now until there's like a better solution. I mean, it's a thing we have to do with Anchor. You can like sign in with your phone with a QR code, like it's WeChat. So it's okay. actually really easy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm really proud to see how much the EOS space has evolved. And I feel like it's only a, a matter of, as long as we make it like more easier for people to sign up, 
then I feel like, you know, more people will come interact with decentralized applications like Everpedia yeah. and Predict and others mm-hmm. on the EOS chain. Yeah, that was literally the main selling point for me um, is like the focus of the user experience, you know, like that. that's, yeah. I think, the most important part when it comes yeah, to any you, kind of product. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like every edit you do, you have to pay a fee? It's it, it would, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. would be dead. Yeah, I mean, Lunar was a project on Ethereum that's trying to be like a Wikipedia on the blockchain and they just, they're not even around anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we have personal experience with that. We have a, a DAP of our own. It's a marketplace on built on Ethereum. Uh, we interact with ERC-20 contracts. And it, it's really difficult right now. You know, average gas oh price is God. probably like $10 or more for any. Yeah. It's insane. Price. Yeah, all, yeah. The, all the yield farming and DeFi stuff happening. It's really yeah. exciting, though. You know, it is like, exciting. But, it, you know, it, it means people are using the network. That's why the fees are so high. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I guess everyone's like yeah. Are you guys crossed from, <laughs> to like you guys, this is all fixed. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Predict at all? No, we would like to hear more about that for sure. It's uh, it's a prediction or not? A predi- yeah, like kind of yeah. like Augur, yeah, right? It, it's the Augur of EOS, basically. That's the easiest way to think of it. And it's yeah. actually it's actually funny because it's actually cheaper to get an EOS account and like interact with uh, Predict than it is to do one transaction on oh, Augur because of the fees. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Um, how you know it's the Augur of EOS. Um, you know we're a prediction market. We launched the uh, you know last year. Um, and how and it's really cool because I don't know if you guys saw this the other day because mm-hmm. we have we have user generated prediction markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you, you have IQ. You, let's say you have a market idea. So earlier this week I had a market idea. There was a you know a yield farming platform that launched called Spaghetti, um, and then you could farm pasta coin. Um, and I'm just <laughs> like, and so I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, how can I make a prediction market out of this? And I'm like, okay, what metric can I use? And then the big metric now is total value locked or total value staked. Yep. Mm-hmm. So these yield farming protocols, they have like 200 million, 300 million, 400 million stakes. So I'm like, like in a day, sometimes in a day, in a day. yeah, it's fucking crazy. So, <laughs> so I made a prediction market. Will pasta, will spaghetti money have $500 million staked in 36 hours? Damn. Uh, yeah. And so, I, yeah. And so I like, you know, I what do you I think, man? Like what's your personal thoughts behind all this the default like are these all memes or do you think this is yeah go ahead finish i'll finish the story and then i'll I'll get to the the (laughs) okay because i do have thoughts on that and so i'm just like oh this is like you know so i just put it out there tweeted at spaghetti money they retweeted it then like defi prime retweeted it then like the ceo of compound retweeted it like retweeted with his comments and in it what's cool about it, it is it started a conversation saying like guys are you getting too ridiculous right now are we gonna have to self regulate like are we going to have to self-regulate? And people are like, how can you self-regulate if these de- decentralized protocols? So right. it started this conversation. Yeah. And then the next day, Coindesk comes out with an article about spaghetti. And in one of the bylines, it says mm-hmm. the, the prediction survey site predict we had a market on whether it was, <laughs> it was in Coindesk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, these, it's really interesting to see like how prediction market. Cause, you know, it could almost be like a, like a marketing tool for a lot of things you know yeah like, i mean that's one element that i feel like people haven't used for prediction markets but yeah like you just kind of yeah you just pretty much proved it, it yeah it's a different way to get exposure to it as well yeah. like if you and if you don't want to participate in the yield farming you can just participate in the prediction uh, on the, uh, like basically you're betting on like the outcome right like yeah. uh yeah. that you have to set like you set your own yeah. parameter yeah and so it's cool because you know prediction markets and iq uh, the markets themselves, you can, you know, you can either make an IQ market or a USDT market. I like doing IQ markets. Um, how, how did the tokens get used in that in that uh, aspect? Oh, because, you know, in order to submit a market, um, you have to submit, like, you, there's a fee in order to propose a market. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the next part is to say in the resolution process, uh, the IQ token is used as well. So this, you know, predict, predict actually increases the utility of the IQ token. You know, we've been seeing yeah, a lot of... Lot I really of want to... I wanted to ask about that because you don't necessarily see too many projects with like a single token being used on multiple multiple things. Yeah, applications. Yeah. We I like <laughs> to say we want to make IQ the foundation of knowledge economy, powering a family of decentralized applications, and these are basically the first two. But um, I want to get back to your question about memes because I'm a big fan of memes. Uh, what, what was it again? I mean, like whether I guess we all feel like we're in like a DeFi bubble, I guess, but now it's becoming like obvious, like they're 
almost mocking our intelligence with like these ridiculous memeable names yeah. with like yam and spaghetti and noodles. I don't think, the hell I, don't, I wouldn't consider it mocking. <laughs> I would like, I think the, the thing about DeFi that makes it way different than 2017 is just how playful it is. Like in 2017, yeah. you had these projects like, oh, we're going to, we're going to raise all this money and change the world by putting dentists on the mm. blockchain or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then they raise like, you know, however much That's money, true. 50% goes to the found, like the team. I, I don't, you know, there's a pre-mine, 50% of investors, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, and like, you know, they're not, you know, it's all this stuff. But with blockchain, it's just like, hey guys, there's no pre-mine. This is unaudited code. Be careful. There's a ton of risk. Um, you have people, you know, and and like the meme, I think memes are really important because it just, yeah. it, it, it makes people, you know, look at it, like, yeah. you know, attracted to it. I kind of think of it as like a cat with a red light, you know, how the cat's like, yeah, yeah. You know, can't stop. <laughs> it's like kind of yeah. like that. And like, it's just something like, even though it's so ridiculous, it's so ridiculous that we can't keep our eyes off of it, whether it's yeah. yam, pasta, spaghetti, base. <laughs> um, and it's just so simple. And people think, just, yeah. it's, it's so ridiculous. It's, it's like a, <laughs> it's so funny that these like emojis have hundreds of millions of dollars locked up in them. Yeah. Um, and now the challenge now is like, you know, we have this yield farming craze, but like, what's the next step in yield farming? You know? Isn't it, isn't it a little bit crazy though, that uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of attention in, in the DeFi space where the, the point of a token is to get, you know, three or 4% back on a, uh, on a yearly basis. Um, so, so it, you don't think it's a little weird that uh, all this craze on just like, you know, this, this small percentage annual percentage rate, um, uh, for, for these, these token projects. Oh, uh, wait, wait, what are you talking about specifically? Like, like DeFi, DeFi or anything like that. That's like getting all this attention right now. It's all for, you know, the, the annual percentage rate of, of, of a few percentages. But aren't the ones that are real popular have like, they're up in the thousands of percents, I think. Yeah. So how your farming protocol, well. There's like a few ways to dissect that question. So how look yeah. yield farming protocols work is like there's like a, you state you, there's these di different idle assets, whether they're link or synthetics, SNX Compound. or maker or comp, you yeah. know, mm. and, you know, you stake it. In, if you're early enough to stake in the platform, you get you get, you get an mm. early advantage in the yield curve and then you get rewarded with like YAM token or pasta token. Mm. And then, you know, it's up to you whether you want to, you know, hold it you know yeah. speculate sell it want to like you know see like okay like i'm part of this community now like how can we improve the governance of it there's like a lot of different things you can do um so that's just like yield farming is just one aspect of DeFi. there there are other ones you know let's say like you know one of my favorites is uh wi-fi um <laughs> have you guys yeah yep, wi-fi yeah insane. we all seen that one yeah. <laughs> that so crazy. i'm a big fan of wi-fi i've seen that yeah. thing since the beginning and it's really cool because like i kind of view all this stuff as financial alchemy it's taking like lower financial assets and putting them in making them into higher forms so for example with link um what you can do with if you want to like have wi-fi is you put you have your link you deposit it in ave and you get Alin. and so you earn interest from you know the ave platform for like lending out your link and then you can deposit your odd link into yearn to get um yeah link like y link and yeah. there's these different things whether it's you know um, you know earning interest on you know your ave and then like you're borrowing it out and you still have your original link it, there's all these different um so can they just keep it, like bonus, can it just keep bonus, propagating yeah. from there like, it's all these like different this different composability and it's very it's risky because there's a lot of moving parts and one part breaks and the whole thing falls apart yeah, okay. um i highly think there's this um thread by this twitter account chainlink god dot eve that like goes over exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just in, in it what DeFi does, it turns your idle assets and makes them work for you. It's kind of like how mm -hmm. money works for you if you put it in a bank or if you put it in a fund. It's, a, sure. it's basically the same exact it's the same exact thing. And it's crazy because we're so early, but it's also evolving so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of potentials for scams too, because if you stake oh. your your link into a smart contract to get some dust coin that that's potentially not going to be worth anything. Yeah, I mean, you have to look for signs. Like, yeah, before you stake, you have to like, okay, like, how's the website look? Is there a GitHub? Right. Like, you right. know, who? What's the Twitter? Like, what's you know, the team? There's, there's definitely a way. There's signals to recognize scams and recognize. I think my favorite thing, um, one of my favorite signal is who's supporting it. Like, is it a bunch of anon, anons or, you know, which there's <laughs> yeah, that, actually, that does there's a lot of, you know, I, the anons can be risky because, you know, they could be, you know, you saw like Ample just fucking crash. Yeah. But then you have like the anons on 4chan, 
with Chainlink in 2017, and then they're all millionaires now. So like that's very risky. But you know, it's one that's one component that you can see like judge a project like is A not supporting it, or is it like are there like smart people supporting it? Are there like legit people like whether they're like you know active developers in the space? Like you know, there's different signals you can use to judge projects and protocols. Yeah, yeah, it, like, it's the been problem it. with yeah the uh, problem with I was gonna say the problem with spaghetti. Was it wasn't that exciting? It was like a you know the contract was signed, but it wasn't that exciting. Like they sure. really didn't do anything different except uh, in their second pool they added a YY CRV uh, liquidity pool with the positive. Yeah, with Curve. Um, yeah, even talking about Yam, I, that wasn't a scam. It was just an error in their smart contract code yeah, for the rebase. Yeah. I mean they had like a, a, a several thousand octillion coins being added into the circulation, and that's what devalued the coin. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. And it I was mean, uh, it's, a, it's one of those things where you have to do uh, that that level of due diligence, like even just like looking over the team, and then like who's are there smart people supporting it, and then uh, then you have to be be able to, to look at their their audits, and and then even just look at their smart contracts. Yeah, it's that, like up to you. Like that's the whole thing about DeFi. It's like the code is unaudited, which is fucking which is risky. As it hell. is. It is. Like, and they're telling you like it's unaudited. Like you know. They don't risk all your funds, but like it's mm. just it, it's crazy, you know. You have you have things like why you know that Yamda don't work out, but then you have like Wi-Fi, which is like you know not only did it like launch, you know, and like you know that hasn't been bugs yet, but who knows? Like, but like you know the community has really taken over governance and like adding like new tokens to the Wi-Fi vault and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's it's really crazy. crazy. So does this this like market kind of shift? make a difference to like what you do with your iq tokens like you're thinking about staking them as well or is that thought with us you know prediction markets part DeFi, so we consider ourselves part of this DeFi way and i mean that couldn't be more evident with us being linked in coinbase but another thing we've been exploring very actively at everypedia is oracles which have been pretty important to the space you know you have projects like synthetics using Chainlink for their price feeds on their synthetic assets like Chainlink is huge they're Top five cryptocurrency um, by market cap, and they really cover all the financial bases really well. But you know, what if there was like a, a different? What one thing we were thinking at Everpedia is like, okay, like how Chainlink works is like all these like centralized oracles. They come to an agreement. You know, um, it's a very complicated process, and you know they do it quite eloquently. But yeah. like, what if instead? If we had major organizations like, you know, for sports like ESPN, you know, for news like the New York Times, like what if they just cryptographically sign like the data, whether it's like for a sports game result or like an election result or a polling result. And then, you know, the, you know, whatever, whether it's a prediction market or whatever on the blockchain it uses that needs that information can just use that cryptographically signed information. Um, it's, you know, I consider that like kind of a bridge between um, just, you know, centralized oracles and decentralized oracles like Chainlink. This is like kind of like a medium ground, but we see potential there uh, with well, oracles. I, I would think with the NBA is sort of like an authority oracle. I mean, if, if uh, let's say one of the teams oh, wins yeah, a championship, exactly. it's like, if it comes from the NBA, you have to trust it, right? But yeah. then, but then yeah. you don't have to depend on the NBA. You could do this without the NBA. You could just have a decentralized oracles just say, hey, tell me who won, submit that to a smart contract, and, and con- the consensus yeah. will decide who actually won for the smart contract's perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's, there's it, you, you, pretty, you, got, you got the nail on the head. So there's like, you know, there's definitely an opportunity in the oracles we're looking at. Um, and, you know, other than that, you know, I think it's, you know, really exciting what we can do with our prediction markets, just like keep covering the D- DeFi space because like it's just so new. Like, as you said earlier, it's like a kind of like legitimacy for the random protocol that just gets sprouted up in a day. Yeah. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of uh, when I first joined Everpedia in 2016, 2017. I was just a writer, um, you know, an executive editor. And so I was just trying to find trending topics to write about. And so mm-hmm. now I take that philosophy and apply it to prediction markets. In like yeah. a very niche field. That's the key. If you want something to blow up, it's in like a very niche field. So yeah. Are, are, you, are, are you still yeah. writing articles today? I write it here and there. You know, I contribute, okay. of course. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I have to, I actually have to keep up with mine. 
<laughs> by, yeah. by page. That's actually the one thing that people don't realize is like how fat quickly your life evolves. And then you look at your Everpedia page, you're like, wait a second, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in 2017, I would I was like on the one sub community I focused on was SoundCloud rap. I literally oh, knew yeah. every SoundCloud rapper before they blew up. I basically that was like the, during the the golden age of that too. Yeah, like 2016, like 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Tosh Young. <laughs> I made six nines page. I didn't even know if it was a rapper. I thought it was a meme. And actually, at one, he had he didn't have a Wikipedia page for six months. And so oh, we wow. would just get all that traffic. And we would get like he ended up getting hundreds of thousands of views from Evergreen traffic. Um, and so it's just like these niche communities that like you just got to focus on. It's like kind of like a hot spot because like then they're hot and then they kind of like fade away. So then you got to find another niche community. But that's the beauty of Everpedia, honestly. It's like it's that's really cool scholarly resource for all these things that are up and coming in culture that aren't considered scholarly at the time but will be in the future i like to compare it to how when jazz was invented over 100 years ago you know no one took it seriously it was just you know people considered how people considered hip-hop in like the 80s and 90s um you know but now jazz is studied in universities Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of compare it to that. It's like recording history before it's considered history. Hey, uh, yeah. for the entrepreneur standpoint, uh, could you tell us, I guess what you can from going from a, a writer to one of the founding teams in Everpedia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of my story. Um, so in tw- I mean, I'm just saying my whole story. In 2013, um, you know, I was still in college, big fan of Rap Genius. Um, and like, I, be- I started editing the site and I loved news genius and I became an editor. So I became one, like a low level mob and I was like, Oh, I'm so cool. And so then I friended all the founders and stuff. Uh, and one of the mob, it was Mabu Moganam. And so I saw Mabu leave rap genius and go to Everpedia. And I saw him post his Everpedia pages, my senior year of college. I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Like I've mm-hmm. thought of this idea before. Like why doesn't so-and-so artists have a Wikipedia page? So mm-hmm. after college, you know, sent out a status looking for interns. I hit him up. Um, start writing pages and then I'm just like this is my path I don't know why it's like a gut feeling in my stomach yeah and then it's like a um, passion right like yeah a passion. Passion. I would like wake up before my my work I, I had like a <laughs> summer I had a temporary uh, attempt job at like at a place and I would wake up early and I hate waking up early and I would wake <laughs> up early specifically to make Everpedia pages for that day before they turn. Um, and, and this is before like the crypto part, right? Like, so you weren't really making money. No, crypto wasn't even a thought. This was just yeah. a website. This was in the summer of 2016. Um, so, what, so what, that, what part of the process did you like the most? Like just, you just really enjoyed writing or? I've always it- been a writer. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. a, so I've been like, I had blogs on the internet since high school. Um, oh, and wow. I had like blogs throughout college and stuff. And so, I had like experience. I, I never really went viral, but like I was really good at writing, and the people like the small following I had really liked what I wrote. And in college, in college, I was a political science major and history philosophy minor, double minor. So all I did was write papers. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I got really. So anybody, any you know, students out there that are watching this, saying like, oh, like, like go to business school, like don't do humanities and stuff. Mm. No, like do like you learn how to think and and write in humanities, and that's got me so. That's the, that's the thing that's really propelled my career. But anyways, in summer 2016, I was living in New Jersey at the time. I'm from New Jersey. And so I'm seeing all this in New Jersey remote. It's just a volunteer editor. And then they invited me uh, to like be on the founding team full time. So I must have been like, I moved to, so then two months later, September 2016, I moved to LA. Um, you know, when I, I bought my plane ticket like literally five minutes after they like invited me. <laughs> and I told my parents, and they're like, you did what? Yeah. What do you mean you're moving to LA? That's <laughs> but like they were supportive generally. But you know, I mean, probably, they yeah. probably just assume you there say LA. It's like yeah. it's like I'm going to Hollywood, mom and dad, or something yeah. like that. Was, you know? Honestly, like I never was one of those kids on the East Coast. I was like, oh, I'm gonna move to California. I was never like that. That's right. Like, the, the, yeah, California, coastal Cal- battles, right? Yeah, California always <laughs> was seen was like always you know brought out to be the promised land. Like everyone's true. Oh, I'm going to kind of the weather. You know, yeah. the beaches, the, you know. And so it was cool. I was like, oh, moving to LA. And so moved there in 2016 and lived in this um, apartment, this like four bedroom apartment. We all lived and worked in this apartment. This was like, you know, Facebook movie status headquarters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was just an executive editor for like two and a half, two and a half years, basically. Um, wow. Grinding, you know, at a bunk bed. Um, and what, what's the, what are the roles of an executive editor? Like, uh, yeah, what are we so doing? I was just, I was just like a, a, like a monkey just writing pages, like nonstop. 
Hell yeah. But like, like a writing I, bot. I, I was a writing bot. Yeah. I was really good at like covering trending topics and covering yeah. everything topics. And I just did a ton of, re- I just did research all day and I've written, I've probably written like thousands of pages. I can't imagine. How much wow. Um, how, how, know, long, I, how, how, I mean, how long, how long are like, these yeah. pages? Usually, you know, some of them are like short, some of them are long. It depends, you know, some of them are, most of them are people, some of them are concepts. Um, mm-hmm. I've like, I got who knows how many, but um, slowly I started, you know, Nash, you know, the great thing about what I love about startups is like people have it all wrong. They think like they get the role, then they prove themselves, but that's not how it works. You have to prove yourself and then you get the role. And so, you know, early in Everpedia, like, you know, I like was actually like in charge of sales because at one point I used to sell the Everpedia pages to like marketers and entrepreneurs because like you know how Wikipedia has a whole underground economy of uh, people pay for Wikipedia pages I actually so, like, don't what, know that if, if yeah if, it's, a whole, it's a like whole to, thing it's, <laughs> I, it's I technically not like allowed about that. it's definitely yeah. not it's like technically not allowed but like you know, yeah because the whole idea of Wikipedia is supposed to be like this this 100% like truthful source of information right like yeah an encyclopedia so, but there, there's so there's problems yeah. right yeah, so I was like, oh, why don't you just make it transparent? So I was like in charge of basically like sales and managing referrers and like, you know, I we, we got a good amount of clients and stuff, but it was the problem was it wasn't scalable. Um, so, mm. you know, but like it was good experience like at sales. And then, you know, eventually I don't know how I got started doing partnerships, but I'm just like really, I'm an extrovert person. I'm really good you know, talking to people, getting to know people and stuff. So I started doing partnerships and like, 2018 i actually got this partnership with this like upstart like mma league it was like one of my first partnerships in atlantic city oh that was cool um you know we made all the everypedia pages for the fighters that night um (laughs) actually we got the their interns to do it and stuff and uh Mm. yeah it was cool i got to go out to atlantic city and you know it was cool to see my family and friends and stuff and it was like people seeing everypedia like this is proxy by everypedia oh that's dope um but eventually I got some really big partnerships. Um, one of them was with, it's funny how like the stuff works. Like um, one of them was with Excision, um, who was a huge dubs, who is a huge dubstep DJ. He's probably like the most famous one in the world right now. Um, and I somehow got connected to his team and he was doing this thing called uh, the Artist of the Week, Spotlight Artist of the Week, where we were like tweet out uh, up and coming dubstep artists. And I somehow convinced them to um, get tweet on every page too, along with every single person. So we're like, for like, you know, like several months he was doing that. So mm. like, it was be like the artist, their SoundCloud, their Wikipedia page. Um, mm. And then, you know, we got partnership with Hacker Noon where we had the Hacker Noon contributor of the day. You know, Hacker Noon's a great site, you know, love what David Smoke and everyone's doing there. And then, you know, probably like my biggest partnership I got so far was Brave, you know, Brave Browser, Creator of the Day, and we get free advertisements on their platform. Um, mm. But so like, I slowly went from like, you know, writing. And then like, I was like, I was like, what does Everpedia need right now? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, we need partner. Yeah. You were and the like, one thinking like, that, right? Like it, it, nobody really told you like how to strategize, how to onboard partnerships. Yeah, I, like it was all you pretty much. It was pretty much all me. I had to, I figured out <laughs> on my own, like, they're just like Dave. And then like, eventually like Dave, go do this. So I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> and so yeah. then, um, I, you know, it's gained a lot. Of, and then, you know, now on top of that, in like, you know, April, I went from like direct, you know, sales editing um partnerships editing and then they wanted me to do full-time uh partnerships and exchanges and so mm. i had to deal with a lot of exchanges i got a solicit on a few exchanges actually i mean you know, met you know dealing with token health and whatnot that's um, right yeah you know we got in you know we got listed on okx which is pretty huge finance of course is huge um exchanges are a whole different world um yeah, yeah can you talk about that on finance yeah yeah how, yeah what's the process can, of getting can, on Binance? Can, can you talk about that yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like a whole, you know, they do a bunch of due diligence and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't actually pay a fee when we listed on Binance. A lot of projects pay a fee, but they like okay. saw the substantial, you know, the, the value and long-term potential in us. So they listed us for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah, like Binance is that juggernaut force. Like if it, it's like the legitimate. Oh yeah, it's the liquidity. Space, it's the liquidity right? black hole. We have so much. But then like, yeah. you know, I slowly, you know, as, you know, director of partnerships and exchanges. Now I'm vice president business development and now i'm in charge of media and communications so now i'm basically the official spokesperson of everpedia and everything i've done i've learned on the job um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know i just like figured it out i'm just like all right i'm in charge of communications i should just get my face out there as much as possible <laughs> to explain <laughs> everpedia so uh, yeah and here we are here we yeah. all are <laughs> 
No, that's, that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. No, because uh, having having that responsibility and being successful at it is there's a whole lot to learn. So one of the questions that I have is like we we struggle with writing. At least I do because my background is in engineering. Uh, so yeah. is there any tips or tricks that you use to like write something where you don't have that writer's block? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. It's like it, when when something when you're really passionate about an idea, it just kind of writes itself. It's so yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess sometimes I just have to. If I have, I need to have like a, basically I need to have a fire under my ass and a motivation to do yeah. something. So outside of Everpedia, I recently like gave, I made a speech at a virtual conference about like something I'm like really interested in. Uh, Terrence McKenna, who's this kind of philosopher guy. Um, and like, I basically like hyped up the speech a lot and I put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm like, oh shit, I better not fuck up this. So I like really <laughs> went in on this speech and I'm, it ended up being like 20 minutes long and like, it was a huge success. Um, but so, like, I would say, like, if you want to, like, um, kind of get out of writer's block, it's just put a fire under your ass. And that, that should do it. Do yeah. you, like, overly critique your own work, like, uh, after? Oh, yeah. I am such, I am so, you know, I'm always reading over. I'm like, oh, it can always yeah. be better. I remember, like, my I, my first time McKenna speech, I was literally editing it, like, up to, like, five minutes before I had to go on. I'm just like, no, I got to change this. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. the best place, uh, if you're going to write something, is Medium still the best place? Or what about these other uh, platforms like Sam? I think Twitter threads are the best place to write. Oh, really? Um, yes. Um, I actually, because I was thinking, I, I wanted to write more about DeFi stuff. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, and so I'm, I'm going to make a Twitter thread. And so I did. It went, it went viral. It went out, you know, it has 150 retweets, 400 likes, and over 100,000 impressions. And I'm like, Whoa. wow. Damn. And like, yeah, so I would say if you want to just like write and get yourself and your content out there and you don't care about, you know, you know, all, all the other stuff, Twitter threads are the best way to go. Interesting. Well, yeah, we'll definitely I've heard start the same sentiment that. from like from Maddie. He says the same thing, you know, uh, he's like one of the big marketing guys in our Decentraland That's platform. True. So, yeah. So Twitter's onto something, man. For a little while, he was talking about it's the uh, hive for- mind. Yeah, he was talking about TikTok for a little while too, but I think the, those days are over or something. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. There's something going on with TikTok. Yeah, Trump. Yeah, <laughs> Chinese and all that. So yeah, I just I mean I respect what TikTok has done. I just don't want another like social media black hole to scroll down. I'm just yeah. like no, like I just I can't. I can't. I only have so much attention during the day. I can't want you know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, well, really- we got to bring you on to uh, to talking in Decentraland. Have you heard of the Decentraland project? Is that an ETH project? It's a yeah, it's yeah. an Ethereum project. It's a open world metaverse where I think so. Where you have different landowners own different pieces of the of the of the land. Is is that mana? That's is correct. Mana their coin? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, it pumped recently, so there's there was a little bit of more attention to it. But uh, yeah. they have different conferences there, and it's like virtual conferences. So you're you're like on this huge board within this virtual world, and you're just yeah, oh, it's like I'm this down. conversation. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> you can get cool. me on. I'm down. Hell yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We that. have like actual like some beautiful buildings, like a Crypto Valley district. Yeah, where like there's these conference centers, like they look legit as fuck, and there's like a whole interior setup where people come. And would I just be like a screen like this, and I'm speaking? And yeah, it's like, yeah. Like, like exactly we would be like doing that. this essentially <laughs> in the world, and it'd be like. Probably a couple hundred people watching, like little avatars running around, like watching us talk. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. It's so cool seeing all the virtual things that popped up, be like, you know, Fortnite concerts or yeah. Um, yeah. live stream concerts and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, we had a real big one during the SpaceX launch. Um, oh, I can imagine. We all watched that's it in the world together. And then the, the Decentraland team surprised all of us with a, an actual fucking SpaceX rocket that came out of the ground and flew into yeah. the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, no one was expecting that, you know? So is it all virtual reality or is it on your computer? It's on the browser. So uh, all okay. you need is a computer and a browser, and then you can jump into Decentraland. Yeah. Okay. How does the mana token work? In it? Do you want to buy land? You have to have mana or something. Yeah. So to buy land, you have to have mana, and uh, you can buy land in the marketplace. So there's no new land to buy. So you have to buy it off of somebody who already owns it. And uh, once you own it, then you can pretty much deploy anything that you want, like from a house to like a digital pet, if you want. Um, and it's completely decentralized. So you own that land and you control it. You can put whatever you want, like literally any, any content that you want, you can put on that land. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And just to, um, just to talk about a little bit about the, the project that we were doing just so, so that, you know, kind of our background is 
is uh, we built this application that for Decentraland where anybody can deploy content, user-generated content from that application. So, for example, you'd go to this marketplace and you find this digital pet that you want to deploy. And uh, you could deploy, you go to this, this marketplace, buy it, deploy on your land, and now you have a pet on your land. And oh, what, cool. what's interesting about what we're doing is that some of the content, the user-generated content, actually generates revenue for the landowner. So, for example, in this pet game, you could essentially feed your pet and sell food to other players who have their own pet. And so now from the land, you're selling food, you're making some money by selling that food, and players are upgrading their pet, like gaining experience points and, and evolving and so forth. Kind of like Pokemon, right? It's called. It called sounds like I was about to say that it sounds like Pokemon or yeah. like Neo Pets or something. Yeah. So so yeah. Uh, this project is called Ethermon. So they have very similar pets like Pokemon, uh, but eventually you 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 will eventually battle them in Decentraland, and and so it looks really cool. Um, so that's that's sort of what we're doing. So we're interested like in the DeFi space a lot, just because about maybe a year ago, I you can do so. Oh my, you can do some like actual yield farming thing, like dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So now like, that was like farm your yams. Oh my god, yes. that'd be so cool. Yes. Yeah. And because uh, we were talking about this about a year ago, we were speculating that we figured that DeFi was going to take off and really be the catalyst for the next bull run. And mm-hmm. but at the time, there was no such tokens. There was there was ba- basically just maker yeah, DAO and die. Right? It's just yeah, protocols. Just, yeah. No. No. Yeah. Comp started the whole yield farming craze. And yeah. It's just gotten like parabolic and ideas from there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we literally took our eyes off of it. I don't know. We just never postulated the thought of like these tokens or these protocols would have governance tokens one day. Yeah. You know, because yeah, we, we, we re- yeah, we recognize like that's what fueled 2017 bull run is, is the token market, right? Like, the ICO for craze. The ICO market. Yeah. Now it's like the yield farming stuff that's really <laughs> propelling it. Um, we'll see, you know, who knows? Like, it's so hard to say. Like, the you know, people try to compare it to 2017. Where are we? Like, it's just like maybe this is like a little blip and then it goes down. Who's yeah. true? Who, yeah. who knows? I really, you know. So but do you like, think we're on the uptrend from uh, starting this year to like, uh, say, the end of 2021? Like most people. Yeah, I think Bitcoin. we're definitely on an uptrend. There'll be ups and downs. So, yeah, but like we're definitely on it. It's pretty clear we're on an uptrend. Um, there's so many different elements in it. Um, and it seems like the communities have matured and separated so much. Like Bitcoin's its own universe. Ethereum's its own yeah. universe. Yeah. You know, they have such different ethoses. They have such different, you know, use cases, um, you know. And like, it's just so interesting because now it seems like Bitcoin is, you know, mainstream in, in yeah. a way. Um, yeah. Not saying their community, that core community isn't mainstream by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the OG members, but like, you know, everybody knows what Bitcoin is. Well, yeah, not, yeah. just I, recently I, there was yeah. an institution that bought $250 million worth of Bitcoin for their primary fund. Um, and so yeah. it's starting to permeate to the, the bigger institutions now. Yeah, it's proven itself over the past decade Yeah, know, as a secure um, asset. Well, not, you know, it is, it's secure, but it's very volatile. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to get your thoughts on, on Bitcoin specifically. Do you agree mm-hmm. or on on the general concept of the um, stock to flow ratio, where Bitcoin is eventually going to hit one hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars or so plus in the next two years or so? In the next two years, um, I think it's on that trajectory for sure to six figures. I don't want to put a timeline on it, um, but yeah, you just look at the past performance of it over yeah. the past ten years. So worthless. To a few cents, to a dollar, to a few, you know, it's been thousand. absurd. It's just been going up. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and yeah. It, it almost I, seems yes. too good to be so true, So the answer right? is yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what we always but, say. Like, like It's we, proved itself. They had so yeah. many times it could fail, but yeah. So, yeah. Like, like even think, the but, pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it brought it down to, let's say, $4,000. Well, well, that was because people were just pulling out of assets of everything. For sure. Like a macro yeah, event. For sure. So, that, you for know. Sure. You can see it recovered really quickly. So, so, uh, so if you were to pick one, gold or Bitcoin, which one would you pick? I pick Bitcoin <laughs> all day. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, gold because cool. we're not a panel of boomers. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be saying gold. Yeah. yeah. I, I like wonder if Peter Schiff is a troll. Yeah, I think Honestly. he's trolling. He's definitely loading up on Bitcoin for sure. It has you think to be. So? He's probably having so much fun. Be- yeah, trolling. because think about it. I mean, if you're Peter Schiff, you got financial advisors. I'm sure the financial advisors are saying. At least put like ten percent in Bitcoin, you know. But, but he, yeah, I mean, he would have to hide it because it's a great way to get attention, yeah. you know. That's true. So yeah. he he knows that he's just like I'm just milking all of you guys. Yeah. He's obviously gotten so much free Bitcoin. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, he did lose his wallet for like a few minutes, though, but who doesn't, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's it. So, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, Everpedia is, is, is interesting because one of the things that I like the most about Everpedia is like the user-generated content. Have you seen yeah. Have you seen a larger uptake with that user-generated content when you've introduced Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we have different communities all over the world. I'll give you an example of one community is uh, in Nigeria. We have like a like a whole community of Nigerian editors that like to make things oh, yeah. their, you know, from their you know, kind of culture and like yeah. kind of pop culture and what's going on there, like their influencers and stuff. So we see stuff pop up like that and it's really cool. Um, and they're really the head on cryptocurrency in Nigeria, honestly. Like they everybody is like knows about it and stuff. Like everybody's trying to like get to interact with it, like see like, oh, you know, it's, it's really cool to see. You know, I, I you, find uh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to, do you think there's a correlation between like, uh, like, like third world regions and like a uh, crypto adoption? Because I anticipate yeah. like in Decentraland, we're going to see the same thing because like we're actively trying to build like a, an actual game economy where oh, for sure. in yeah. order for you to earn in on these platforms, you have to participate with your time and your skill mm-hmm. base and whatever kind of game ecosystem that is built. But yeah, obviously no, you're not going to be making like hundreds of dollars. It might be like a couple bucks a day or something, you know? Yeah, no, obviously. Um, yeah. It's really, I mean, for sure. I mean, they have like so much more reason, you know, and so much <laughs> yeah. more motivation yeah. to like yeah. try these new things out. It's like, oh, like we have nothing to lose. Like, Meanwhile, yeah. here in America, we're so lucky we have like, yeah, exactly. you know, stable currency, easy banking system. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you know, I know people don't even really, people live in like a kind of like the ocean of the dollar and everybody's just kind of like a fish and they're not even aware they're in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And then when you get out of the, you know, you get out of it, you're like, wait, there's more. There's yeah. like something else out there. Yeah. And then you become, you know, and then you become an amphibian, right? You're like you literally an amphibian. Evolved, you're literally <laughs> evolving. It's pretty yeah. crazy. That's a nice yeah. little analogy right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's so. awesome because um, I think user-generated content is interesting. It sort of kind of plays along the whole gig economy that we saw in the last decade or so, where people are are not necessarily employees, yeah. but they're like you know just doing gigs. And now in California, uh, they're like trying to. They might just bet, you know, Lyft and Uber just might shut down because they don't want to deal with like yeah. the law, new laws. Yeah. And then um, that's going to really mess up a lot of people's lives. Because I didn't have a car in L.A. for three and a half years when I, for most of the time I lived there. Um, and like, I don't know where I would be without Uber. I can't imagine. Right. Like, I would just be devastating. You yeah. Know? Be a lot, le- like a lot lower bank account. You can't just keep cabs everywhere, basically, right? Like that yeah. was the old infrastructure. Cab drivers rejoice. <laughs> yeah, take advantage. I don't of know, it. like, yeah, like so many people's lives depend on Uber. You know, especially in LA, it sucks to have a car. So many people just take Uber and left. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's just been so embedded in the city for like, a, you know, slowly more and more seeping into it for like the past. You're just gonna pull it out. You're just gonna <laughs> pull like that. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't people. think so either. We'll see what happens. If I go back to LA, I'm going to probably drive there. I mean, that, that reminds me. I mean, we have uh, Apple completely pulling the rug on on uh, Fortnite. Like, mm. it's just pulling. Oh, yeah. Not only, not only just Fortnite, but anything that's using the Unreal Engine mm. in the yeah. games. So it's like everything. You know, you got to be careful. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's so interesting seeing, like, kind of these new battles taking place because they aren't really between, they're not like, in the 1500s, 1600s, where they're between great powers and stuff. Yeah. You know, or yeah. like, you know, these like huge multinational corporations that employ like, you know, people. I mean, it's funny, they are, they're, they're still the huge multinational corporations, but they're just like in different ways. Yeah. Um, in different forms. And now, like, it's these different agents and parties battling it out. And now Epic Games is trying to get like a coalition together to fight mm-hmm. the Apple yeah. monopoly and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. I I, it, I think I'm, I'm starting to see this trend where, um, you know, everyone, like around our age or below, they're starting to, instead of have like a traditional job, they have multiple sources of revenue. Like, oh, yeah, from no, for sure. Gigs economy know, like, to like writing, like I, internet. I know a bunch, I know a bunch, I, I'm, you know, I'm 26, um, but um, I ever know kids younger than me that like they started either like drop shipping sites, yeah, and they started exactly. like Instagram, you know, stuff like it's, and like they just like develop their own hustles. They, you know, there was a huge underground economy of selling verified check marks for a bit. I don't know if that's still up and now, yeah, up and going now. But like, you know, you know, I, I'm sure every person in tech 
has seen like paper Forbes article. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, I, I think that's like blockchain is really going to accelerate that too, because like, for, for example, yield farming, first of all, you have to have a bunch of money to do that. Right. Because if you don't have that money, then how are you going to farm, you know, any of these tokens? Yeah, yeah, it um, but takes then, money to make money. Yeah, right. But uh, but on top of that, there's like Everpedia. Then you have like things in Decentraland where just by contributing to that community, you you could generate some some revenue. Um, and and just multiply that. You know, in a couple of years, it could be 10x. You know, once that you know the community grows, I mean, you could easily make a reasonable income just by contributing to all these different communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like the, the possibilities with blockchain. That's what yeah. makes gets me most excited about it. Absolutely. The most, uh, my favorite thing about blockchain is the erosion of the old payment infrastructure. Because um, I, I used to, I came from that space too, and it was like it's a pain in the ass to break in, and um, it's extremely difficult. It's like um, it's like battling Apple, right? Um, but there's like three of them with Visa, Mastercard, and American Express. Um, so I, I totally know that space too. And I, I, that's why I'm bullish on just blockchain in general, just to, for the personal nature of bringing these guys down. That's, that's what I like the most, but, uh, that's sort of, yeah, like, for sure. sort of like very specific, um, perspective in my it's personal <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's just like a new system, it's a new world being created and, you know, we're so, so early and we're actually shaping it. Which yeah, is that cool. exactly. Yeah, I used, I used to tell Iman all the time. I was like, I think uh, we were too young to participate in like in the growth of the internet, and yeah, now with definitely. blockchain, you know, we can't miss this opportunity. We have to contribute. We have to do something. And, I felt the same way about Bitcoin, and now here I am. I feel like I'm yeah. participating in the growth of DeFi. Somehow, exactly. So it's pretty cool. Definitely cool are, to be part of that. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, on that note, um, so it's been about an hour. Uh, David, what's your uh, Twitter? That way, everybody can connect with you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Dave said that underscore. So I'm okay. DeFi Dave on Twitter. So and follow you, me. And everybody that's a good name right there. The DeFi Dave. DeFi Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. choose DeFi Dave. DeFi Dave chose me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, copyright that one. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, David. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Um, hopefully, we'll bring you back, and maybe this time we'll be in Decentraland. That way you can kind of see yeah. like, the whole space and like talk to everybody there. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Let Hell me yeah. know. Hell yeah. And, All right. Um, quick, before we leave, uh, what's the webpage for Everpedia and Predict? Is yeah, it- so Everpedia is, you know, everpedia.org. We're on Twitter at Everpedia. Um, okay. Predict is predict.everpedia.org. And we're on and, Twitter and- yeah, at Predict Network. Join our and- telegrams. And, and predict is spelled a little weird too, right? It's yeah. And predict is P R E D I Q T. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Because it has the IQ tokens there. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. We're probably gonna probably maybe make like an experimental video. Like I might do that and like create our own fucking block runner page or something. Yeah, that's a good know, idea. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. can do that. And maybe we'll just launch it next to this yeah. interview. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea, man. For sure. Yeah. All, All right, man. David. Well, thanks for coming, bro. Thank thanks you for much, having man. me. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.